Welcome to Scotch in the Balcony, first uh, of June 2020. Just me today, sadly. Done late, haven't been well, so you know I did my best half an hour. Alan will be back next week. You'll find us the usual places, and everybody stay safe. Well, hello all. How are we all doing? Hope you're all having a good night. It's late here, so I found out living um, in lockdown with a wife and three kids and everything else. Literally two o'clock in the morning is the only time I get a few minutes to myself. Sadly, Al can't be here. Good news is Al is moving back to, he's got back to London. He's got out of Ireland and he will be with us next week. And one of the things we were going to talk about was what um, what are we going to miss? What do we think of some of the good things that are going to come out of lockdown? Because we're not going to go back to the way it was. We're going to go back to some sort of same because it is people are people and we'll see what happens one of the things i am going to miss i live out in the suburbs the sound is coming back the sound of traffic and everything else i can feel it coming back i checked at my attic window just there about an hour ago and i can hear traffic it's very light i can hear traffic, but it's coming back to the way it was maybe it'll be something less uh, funny thing was i read a, uh, an article there the other day about the city center and people saying that they couldn't sleep because there's no traffic at night and there's no they live around a lively area and at night time it'd be lively but they were so used to the noise and hustle and bustle that actually that's what they fell asleep that they're kind of white noise and they were having trouble we're all slightly different but that's just me but i think the big thing that we've slowed down a little bit some of us anyway have slowed down most of us have slowed down i've had to slow down we're in lockdown for fuck's sake I think that's something good because only when you slow down you get a chance to, to think about stuff figure stuff out now I've realised that you know, I, you know, before lockdown I was in the rat race for so long but not getting anywhere I hadn't become successful I wasn't I'd realised just I was getting shit wrong continuously I wasn't grasping things and understanding and interpreting stuff correctly so in lockdown and the slowdown period, I'm starting to get a handle, starting to understand things a lot more. And I think hopefully we can all do that. Like the queuing of shops at the moment to slow people right down. They give no choice but to kind of take a breather and take your time. And like Ferris Bueller said, sometimes you just have to stop and look around. I think this is what we're doing. I think a lot of us are finding out that I'm not where I want to be. I'm not who I want to be. may not be married or living with the person <laughs> that I want to be. But I think the other thing we're, we're also doing is we're finding out who the person is we're married to. I'm married. Our anniversary was there last month, 20 years together. And I suppose like with three kids, you kind of, you're so busy just doing, getting by. You forget. I've learned. I probably learned more about who my wife is in the last week than I probably have in the last ten years. Don't know if she can say that about me. Hopefully, but I can definitely say that about myself in the last month, in the last couple of weeks, anyway. So, hopefully, like I said, we'll slow down, and hopefully, some of us will will make changes and decide, hey, we can do better because we we have to do better. Hopefully the new slogan may seem like fuck the rat race. Or maybe we can just decide, take a bit of time to decide, well, do we really need this shit that we're, that we're really worried about, that we're hassling over?
like I had to go to the shop today, get a bottle of wine. The pubs, which are in lockdown at the moment, one of the pubs was open. Now I think we're delivering food out of, an, out of another door, but their main door was open they were selling ice cream. Beautiful hot day, and I'm looking at the queue. We all love some ice cream. And I looked at the queue and I just went, nope, don't really want ice cream that badly. And I kind of hopefully that's what we can look around and, and decide, do we really want that? Hopefully things will get better. You know, I just kind of hope that maybe we can just all learn something new and as a, you know, as a group, hopefully, you know, we, we, we have a chance to learn some new skills maybe and become more self-sufficient and I've taken up woodwork, something I've always wanted to do, but now I've got the time and I'm going to figure it out myself and, and learn and some of my friends who um, have taken the tools back up, let's say, who used to do it years ago or even when they were teenagers. I've asked them to stop sending photographs, putting them up online, making the rest of us look really bad. Or at least put up the pictures of the bad ones. <laughs> the ones our wives won't won't um, actually give a shit about. Maybe as a group we might not learn, but hopefully enough of us individually might might take a break and learn. We, we can see every time you look on the news, something I've stopped actually doing lately. I've stopped reading the news as much. I've said before, I've took Facebook and Twitter off my phone. I haven't been on Twitter now in a while or Facebook. I feel better for it. You know, a little bit more. I'm less stressed. Anyway, trying to figure out what's important. Like I haven't been well for the last couple of weeks. That's why I haven't done anything. And it's been two weeks since I've been sitting here to to, to bullshit. That's because I was sick. Not COVID related, but I felt like shit all the same. I was feeling down. Wasn't doing my exercises. My arthritis, my back, sore. I get basically no sleep. So I decided, you know, I just need to get a night's sleep. Because I was basically living on caffeine took a sleeping tablet half a sleeping tablet and that's where i learned this week yeah sleeping tablets are not for me i got nine hours sleep straight which for me well that's about six more than i usually get but the next two days are just a bit of a blur all i can tell you that when i started to come through thursday night friday morning no one in the house was talking to me I'm not blaming the sleeping tablets now i'm not the easiest person to live with in the best of times let alone now to be honest. But it was probably Friday before I felt okay. Still tired, but it, at least my brain felt better than I had the last couple of days. So, like I said, I guess I can add sleeping tablets to my list of stuff, which doesn't do me any good up there with tequila. So, like I said, but as I get older, that list does get longer and longer. Also, uh, okay, so movie of the week. I spent the last two weeks, man. I do watch a lot of movies every week, and as you know or don't know, um, I just I hate lists. I hate top tens and lists of movies. Watch these before you die. So every episode, I'll give you something that I've that I've watched the last couple of weeks. My pick, The Notebook. Yes, I said it, The Notebook. Now, say I was surprised would be an understatement. This was on my list, by the way, of films I hadn't seen. It's kind of one of my, you know. What I'm doing the lockdown of a list of movies that I should have seen for someone who's been who loves movies, but and this week's one was The Notebook. Kind of got it for my wife a long time ago, and I was gonna watch it, but like that, you kind of read the reviews and I read stuff, and you know, and it's kind of like they fell into two categories it was you know, brilliant or complete and utter crap. And this was made back in 2004, so it's only 16 years ago, and it's basically a romance drama. 
by sees girl, by falls in love at first sight, boy dangles off the top of a Ferris wheel until girl agrees to go on a date. So on. It's a mere, it's a love story. Shamelessly corny and unabashed, sentimental, at times melodramatic and cliched. And, but yeah, that's what it is. It's a love story. But that's what I love about it. In my opinion, it doesn't try and be anything else but that. It's a mushy, sentimental, straight-to-the-heart love story. And it, come here, it, it hit me. It got me at the end. Not just at the end, but um, I also think maybe being being slightly older, you know, I'm in my mid-40s now, so maybe when it came out in 2004, because now I'm probably in between the two age groups because of the two couples in the film, it allowed me to relate more with the characters a bit more. And especially now compared to 14 years ago, or 16 years ago, I should say. I know I have three kids and daughters of my own. So, again, I, I can relate a little bit more, like I said, than if I'd seen this film earlier in life. My wife, we kind of had a bit of a laugh yesterday about it because I watched it. I watched it um, on Friday on my own because I usually do that so I can actually get into a film and devils in the detail and the little bits and everything. Don't like watching movies with people talk most of the time. So, but we sent my wife for having a bit of a laugh, you know, about it and all, because she loves it. And she was telling me that she knows I'd be like James Garner character, but if the roles were reversed, um, we're kind of laughing that she wouldn't have a notebook, but she'd have a large pillow for me. She didn't d- disagree, but hey, it is what it is. But like I said, in the film, we have Boy Meets Girl, Summer Love, you know, she comes from a very well-off family. He works in a mill. But the man that kind, she kind of, she feels herself. She feels more with him than with anyone else and, and so on, so on. Like I said, I'm not going to, you know, it is what, like I said, it's straightforward, but done, in my opinion, though shamelessly corny, as I said before, it's brilliant. The only issue I had, because I do have it on DVD, was this, I said, the uh, best romance since Titanic. Now, I, fucking hated titanic and the funny thing is i watched well the second half of it i, I walked in and watched the second half of it today with my with my wife and my daughter's 14 um, and if you ask her about titanic the first thing she'll say <laughs> she says she just laughs and just goes he you know the two of them could have fitted on the door yeah totally agree with her didn't like the film even though mayor i'm a kate winslet fan and a leo fan obviously Billy Zane fan who couldn't be just didn't like the movie so it's actually sellotaped over that bit on the on the DVD since I've watched the film because I, I do like the film so much. Notebook, that is. So like I said, in the film, but the film is basically also, uh, it's an elderly, elderly man played by James Garner and he's reading the couple's story to an old woman who has dementia and it's in a nursing home. Can't remember the woman's name, but I think it was the director's mother. But it's, it's it's actually those it's it's the two of them that bring that really bring it home, really pulls the heartstrings, basically you know open the open the tear ducts got me going at the end, and like and even though this movie is not a true story, even though it's you know the writer says it was based, the idea was based on um, I think his ex wife's grandparents maybe I think I'm not sure Nicholas Sparks the guy who wrote it, like it's still his fiction and I got it. And that's the thing I like. I like saying about like these films; they're not, they're not real. They're fiction. 
And so this is, this is allows us to dreams to dream of things of working out and being right and hope you know brings us hope and love and and that's what these films are for. To me, that's for me personally. That's all they are for. It's just a bit of emotion, a bit of love, a bit of hope. But we also know, hey, in the real world, it's not always the case. Stories like this are, you know, they're the exception to the rule because I mean, life gets in the way. Life is more complicated. But it doesn't mean they don't have a place. It doesn't mean we don't need these stories. We do. I mean, I see some of the stuff written about it, and, and a lot of it was, not a lot of it, but some of it was, about, oh, well, you know, well, in real life, she wouldn't do this, and she would have done that. And I says, who gives a fuck? Just enjoy the story for what it is and, you know, what it's trying to do. And so, yeah, so those people, as I said before, don't be listening to those people. Just, yeah, so I'd recommend getting into it. Not for everybody, but, yeah, if you do get into it, it's great. Um, another thing that kind of came true to me uh, that I noticed kind of the second time I watched it, and it was one of the things my wife was, was having my wife talking about today about lockdown, is that during this lockdown, as I said, we've time to think. My, and again, my wife was, was saying how she's thinking about different things than she's ever done because, you know, we've had the time. But the thing I noticed was when I was watching the second half of the movie with my wife and my daughter, who I might have mentioned before are talkers um, and who like to talk about films during the film i have a bit of an issue with that but i love her dearly so i'm not going to divorce her over not just yet anyway but i did notice there's some things she, she saw differently to to me and it was something that kind of reminded me of a discussion we had earlier today that well how can i see things the same as her because we're different we're all different for starters she's a woman obviously and i'm a man so We've had, you know, our lives have been different. We might have been together for the last 20 years, but so she would see things slightly different. Some of the things she was saying, you know, she saw Ryan Gosling character, for example, and I was like, no, 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 that's, no, that's not why he did that. That's not, you know, but I stopped myself because it's not really that important. But it was just remembering that going forward, that just because I'm sitting, you know, just because I'm with my wife for 20 years doesn't see me and we see things the same. It's not possible. No two people can see everything the same. I think maybe that's something that we should all try and, uh, and remember. But the other thing that I kind of took from it, after the summer love, she went off into the big bad world. Now, so did he at one stage because he was in the war and stuff. But he came, you know, when he came back, he was still home. Home was, home was South Carolina. Home was where she, um, where he met her. And he had to work through that, and. It is what it is, but just how his attitude towards it was, was different to hers. How she went off into the world. She met someone else. She, other things happened. She met someone else and got engaged. He kind of met someone else, but it was more for company than anything else. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't true love, and that's shown. And I just thought maybe that was something that we're in lockdown that he gets to work through something. And she kind of gets to kind of run away a little bit from it. And it's only when she gets pulled back into it that now she has the face up to it. And it's just something that I thought kind of reflected kind of what's going on at the moment. And in lockdown, we're all having to, to face up to certain things that if we were in the rat race and we just kept going, we may not have ever had to deal with. Not always. <laughs> not, not all, you know, sometimes it's a good thing not to, not to face up to it. The, like the other thing that also happened in it, which I, I kind of related a little bit and made me think, was 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 her mother. So 
in it the mother is obviously trying to keep them apart but she's not doing it out of any malice she's trying to do it to because she thinks that's what's best for her daughter now you know, as a parent we're, we're always doing that but then she kind of broke down and got to and was and for the first time was honest about it i suppose and the advice that you gave her wasn't well, when you see it i don't want to spoil it but kind of showed her that she she had a similar decision to make at one time and without going into too much detail but did explain i thought the decision that she had to make and instead of telling her what to do just only hoped just hopes that she picks right which as a parent that's all we can do we can just hope that our that our kids make the are able to make the right decisions and they do make the right decisions so much you know as much as we want them we ourselves and that kind of thing, I'll be honest, man, that kind of keeps me awake at time anyway. It keeps me awake, you know, how do I teach my kids the ability to make the right decisions? Especially, like, I suppose, like the mother, you know, I haven't always made the right decisions. I mean, I'm not going to lie, with my wife I have, but most of the other decisions, I think, I'm not so sure. And then again, how do we define or even know which ones are right or wrong? Because we don't know what it's going to lead on to. Hopefully I got the big ones right, but we don't know. That's it. And the thing is, we don't know. We can't know. As was all we can do is, is what we think is best, I guess. Well, man, that's what I kind of took out of that. Like I said, we have these movies to transport ourselves well, into a dimension where we can just take a break and maybe we, we can know that these things, this is how they turn out. And maybe we can take something from that or maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. Like I said, I would recommend it. It's a beautiful movie. Not for everybody, as no film is, but I would recommend it very, very highly. As a movie to see now this other one i'm not saying this is um one two definitely have to see but i would recommend it and it's uh miles ahead by don Cheadle. yeah uh, don Cheadle directed its actual debut and he and he started it and it's a biop of uh, miles davis except it's not really a biop of, of of miles davis i don't know a lot about miles davis i know who he is we all know who he is when I sometimes do in films like this, and I did it in this, when I get into the film and I get it, I get a, and I get the rhythm and I'm enjoying it, about ten or fifteen minutes in, when I can just sense this, I can just take a break here, and I'll just I'll, I'll Google it and just see how real or close the film is, you know, whether it's a page by page biop or whether it's something totally different or it's. I'm glad to tell you this is not conventional to say the least, from what I read. And if I'm wrong, please let me know. From what I've read, what they decided to do was because they couldn't, because they couldn't, sorry, excuse me, decide even what part of his life to to do, you know, page by page or to do some sort of cradle to grave kind of thing. This is really how, how do you? Because I think some people say, you know better than me, obviously, you know, the guy changed music four or five times in his career which is four or five times more than most so i just thought this was a great idea and this is why i mentioned it so it's not your like i said it's not straightforward so what they decided to do was they came up they they, they picked the time i think in the 70s when he uh, was when he didn't make music and decided to come up with well, what kind of film if miles davis was in what kind of film would he like to be in not about him but would he be in and that's and I got from that was that maybe we're getting a little bit of a feel of, of what the guy was like, what he went through, without pointing the finger at any exact facts or things. 
which can sometimes you can get bogged down on and there can be discussions so they didn't do that and i just thought that was really it was a really interesting take and what it led to was this kind of chase movie nearly where we get the kind of possibly what we're, we get an insight maybe into the kind of tortured tortured genius that the guy was you know and that's something that that i think i can we can we can say there's goes hand in hand is, is tortured and genius there's there's there are two films that we're going to talk about today but i want to want to talk about them when when alan's back next week and in it one of the it's two doc the two documentaries actually one of the guys in it he says you know happy people don't do great things and it's it's true to a certain to a certain point and there is a kind of a difference between this and obviously the notebook because in the notebook there's a line in 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 the notebook i don't know if it's from the from the book as well or not where he says i'm nothing special i'm just a common man with common thoughts and common life my name will soon be forgotten blah, blah, but in wondrous respect i i succeed as, as gloriously as anyone who's ever lived and that's to love another with all my heart and soul okay and to me this has always been enough something along those lines whereas tortured genius as well I mean, that's that's not enough for them because that's what they are they're tortured and there's more in them and that's something else i think that this film may be trying to, to get across that whole idea because that's what the chase and then what he's doing is he's chasing his music he's chasing well who's going to be the person who defines me it should be me and i think that's something we can all sort of relate to on some level not definitely not on the level of, of miles davis but on our own level in life about who defines us and what we are and that kind of thing so within that kind of chase story which which i kind of really liked don shields miles davis and his 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 sidekick as such uh played by hugh mcgregor who was a obviously this isn't real so he's a just a reporter for rolling stone that's it rolling stone but it's not a real one it's just made up but I, I mean i kind of wonder how much of that story maybe some similar things happened like i said it was a nice it was a great story and i was just can't be very entertained and but during it i had flashbacks i think back probably to the 60s in, in relation to his wife francis that's it francis and he um gives us an insight gave us a little bit of an insight maybe into some of the you know a bit a little bit more real facts and stuff about the man and stuff but again gives you a feeling of of the genius that he that he was and like i said very interesting very enjoyable there was a lovely line in it i don't know if he actually said it but you would hope you i hope he did where he was being interviewed and he was asked you know you've been you haven't made music in in, in five years and, and his reply eventually was i had nothing to say when i heard that i kind of wished more more musicians and singers had that attitude especially lately so yeah, I, I've just realised it's um it's it's half two. I've rabbit on a little bit. Like I said, um, Alan's back next week. We will, we will have more to talk about. Like I said I'm still a little bit under the weather, getting better. And uh, yeah, come here, have a good time and stay safe. Yeah, and be careful with those sleeping tablets. Bye all. <laughs>